0: This is Swiftlet, a Taylor Swift podcast with a literary twist. On today's episode, I will be examining Swift's work through feminist theories. I am your host, Peyton Edwards. In an interview shortly after the sale of her back catalogue, Taylor Swift referred to her first six albums as, quote, like the most feminine body of work, end quote, to Rolling Stone in October of 2019. This idea is rooted in the fact that her music is written by her about her life, which for the early part of her career consisted of typical teenage girl experiences. It is very common for the interests of teenage girls to be diminished and ridiculed by the general public. It is also common for women's art to face criticism rooted in sexism. One of the most frequent criticisms that was lobbed Swift's way from 2010 up until 2017 was that she only wrote songs about her exes or her relationships. Swift has pushed back against this criticism, saying to Sydney's Today. I think,
1: frankly, that's a very sexist angle to take. No one says that about Ed Sheeran. No one says it about Bruno Mars. They're all writing songs about their exes, their current girlfriends, their love
0: life, and no one raises a red flag there. Feminism, as defined by feminist writer Bell Hooks in her novel, Feminism is for Everybody, is, quote, a movement to end sexism, sexist exploitation, and oppression, end quote. Swift is operating in between the third and fourth waves of feminism, and it can be clearly seen in her work. Intersectionality is a newer idea attributed to the current fourth wave of feminism and is one that Swift has advocated for in recent years. Changes in her attitude regarding the way that she talks about other women in her work is a result of her experiencing the evolution from the third wave to the fourth wave of feminism. The third wave saw a variety of ideas from the girly movement, which embraced femininity, to the riot girl movement, that found strength in anger and autonomy, with opposing ideas often existing in the movement as a whole. The more modern movement calls for intersectionality and in amplifying the voices of those that hadn't had space in the prior waves. I will be examining the way that Swift writes about the other woman and the way that the media has influenced her writing of songs about relationships, her views on marriage, and fairy tales. Swift and the other woman. A bit of cultural context. In the early 2000s and a little bit through the 2010s, the media tended to fixate on female celebrities, ranging from musicians, socialites, and actors, and would lampoon their every move, outfit, and word they said. Oftentimes, a lot of this behavior came from other women. When it comes to women in their relationships, slut-shaming frequently occurred. When discussing the notion of sisterhood, Bell Hooks writes, Quote, we all knew firsthand that we had been socialized as females by patriarchal thinking to see ourselves as inferior to men, to see ourselves always and only in competition with one another, to look upon each other with jealousy, fear, and hatred. End quote. This sentiment was reflected in the music at the time. Pink's 2006 song, Stupid Girls, criticizes the stereotype of the dumb blonde and comments on societal pressures put on women in the accompanying video. Pink laments the societal shift in women's ambitions, asking, "What happened to the dream of a girl president?" She asserts that these women's focus is not on a career, but whether or not that guy will call me back. While she does state,
2: the is growing, it's epidemic, i a cure. The world believes it and I'm going
0: crazy." She places most of the blame onto the women themselves, calling them "porno paparazzi girls" and of course the song's title, "Stupid Girls." Avril Lavigne's 2007 hit song, Girlfriend, takes aim at a romantic rival. Throughout the song, Lavigne compares herself to this other woman, claiming that she is better than her. On the bridge, she chants, There's no other, so Paramore's 2007 song, Misery Business, also focuses on another woman through the lens of competition. Haley Williams introduced the song at Swift's heiress tour by saying, quote, this is a song about misogyny, end quote. The song features the controversial lyric,
2: whore, nothing
0: more. I'm sorry, never change. The group had retired the song from their live performances for several years, but brought it back during a Coachella performance with Billie Eilish, where the word whore was omitted. Within Swift's discography, this notion of the other woman has evolved over time. For the most part in Swift's music, particularly on her first few albums, other women are briefly mentioned but don't tend to be the main focus of the song. The lyrics tend to fixate on her emotions or relationship with the love interest. Swift also doesn't make this other woman the target of her anger or other emotions that are often considered to be negative. Most of the time, when another woman is mentioned, Swift is drawing a comparison between herself and the other woman. This idea of comparison, whether it be between two people who share a romantic interest in the same person, or someone within their field, is one that has long existed and been perpetuated in the media. In early 2000s films, aimed toward women, comparison is present. In 2001's Legally Blonde, Reese Witherspoon's Elle Woods sees herself in competition with Selma Blair's Vivian for Warner's romantic affection, as well as someone to outsmart in the classroom. At the end of the film, it is revealed that the two have become close friends during their time at Harvard. In the 2004 film Mean Girls, which is targeted to a slightly younger demographic than Legally Blonde, Katie Heron, played by Lindsay Lohan, is in competition with Rachel McAdams's Regina George as a romantic rival and leader of the popular group The Plastics throughout the film. Similarly to Legally Blonde, the end of the film sees the women that were once in competition with each other getting along. Comparison between women isn't always focused on jealousy or a feeling a sense of lacking. The Manic Pixie Dream Girl of the 2010s promoted the I'm not like other girls mentality, which has a sense of superiority of not being like the norm. With Swift's work, the comparisons often stem from a sense of being an outsider and longing to fit in. These comparisons tend to be relatively tame and see Swift putting herself down rather than tearing down the other woman. For instance, on Teardrops on My Guitar, a song where she pines after a boy named Drew, she sings, I'll bet she's beautiful, that girl he talks about, and she's got everything that I have to live without, and
2: She better hold him tight, give him love,
0: look in those beautiful eyes, and she's lucky cause... These lyrics aren't particularly putting down the other girl in this situation, but sees Taylor comparing herself to her and how she wishes she could be her. In the video for Picture to Burn, it opens with Swift and her friend Abigail staking out an ex's house, when Abigail spots his truck pulling up. She informs Swift that he has a date, and the date is driving the truck. Swift's response, He let her drive the truck? He never let me drive the truck. From there, the song starts and depicts Swift sitting back as her band, The Agency, trashes her ex's house, and at the end, it's revealed to be a daydream. Throughout the song and video, her anger is consistently directed at her ex, and never his new girlfriend. Likewise, on Should've said No, Swift primarily ignores the other woman in the situation, placing the blame fully on her ex singing on the chorus. The song Invisible, which is a precursor to You Belong With Me, sees Swift longing to love someone who's with someone else. On the chorus, she sings,
2: and I just wanna show-
0: overtly negative toward the other woman, Swift views herself as able to offer something that the other woman is lacking, which is one of the most common ideas when it comes to comparison. One of the most famous examples of Swift comparing herself to another girl is her 2008 song You Belong With Me. In the iconic music video, Swift plays herself as both the girl-next-door character and the popular girl who is dating the main love interest, similar to Avril Lavigne in her video for Girlfriend. In the song, Swift establishes where both she and the other girl are on the social ladder, with the other girl being Cheer Captain and her being On the Bleachers. Again, this song focuses on Swift pining for this boy and wishing he could see that they would have a better relationship than his current one. When Swift compares herself to these other women, it is more of a reflection of how she views herself than a deliberate takedown of the other woman. The song Better Than Revenge breaks from how Swift previously discussed other women. The track is a response to the Jonas Brothers' song Much Better, following Swift and Joe Jonas' split. In the Joe Bros track, the song opens with Joe stating...
2: tears on her guitar I'm not bitter Now I see everything I'd ever need It's
0: the girl in front of me She's much better Claire digs at Swift. Better Than Revenge makes it clear how she felt about the song and in part how their relationship ended. In the first verse, she claims that Joe's new girlfriend stole him away from her. On the chorus, she sings, She's not a saint and she's not what you think, she's an actress, whoa, but she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. These controversial lines echo the thinking that was seen in the media and other songs at the time. This switch for Swift could have been due to the fact that her relationship with Jonas was her first one in the public eye and not a high school crush or daydream. On other songs written about the relationship, Swift directs her frustration at him. This is seen on the Fearless tracks Forever and Always and Mr. Perfectly Fine. On Speak Now, the other half to Better Than Revenge's Last Kiss, a six-minute and seven-second track that sees Swift reflecting on the relationship and at a loss for why it ended. No other songs in her catalog take direct aim at another woman in this manner. With the release of Speak Now, Taylor's version, Swift altered the controversial line in the course of Better Than Revenge too. This new lyric doesn't weaponize the other woman's sexual activities against her and instead presents her former partner's departure as almost instinctual. This lyric change demonstrates that her feelings and perceptions of the other woman have changed since the song's original release in 2010. Though the original lyric and overall message of the song is overtly negative toward the other woman, they reflect a quintessential feeling experienced by those that grew up in the early aughts. The original lyrics reflect the culture of the time where women were encouraged to view other women as competition, especially regarding romance. The lyrics are also messy, angry, and human as one would expect a teenager experiencing their first big heartbreak growing up in that time would write. When fans joke about putting feminism on pause to listen to the song, it highlights the shift in culture that has occurred since the song's release. The concept of feminism wasn't one that was prominent or heavily discussed at the start of the 2010s, but it did become something that gained more focus throughout it. The change updates the song to meet the moment of our current age. Since the release of Better Than Revenge, Swift has changed her tune on the notion of The Other Woman. On Red, the album that followed Speak Now, Swift tackles her partner's infidelity. The bonus track, Girl at Home, depicts Swift turning someone down because they were already involved in a relationship. Swift blames the man for his actions and attempts to dissuade him from pursuing her. She sings, It would be a fine proposition if I hadn't once been just like her, implying that she had been in a similar spot as this man's girlfriend. On Babe, this history appears more transparently with her singing. In 2018, Swift gave the country duo Sugarland the song and was featured on the track. In the music video, Jennifer Nettles, the duo's lead singer, plays the role of the wife and Swift plays the role of the other woman. By actually depicting the other woman as a person in the video and not just some villainous stereotype, she's breaking down this mythical figure and the idea that other women should be blamed for the actions of others. She has continued to break down this common thinking. On the Long Pond Studio Sessions film for her 2020 album Folklore, Swift discussed August, one of the three songs depicting a teenage love triangle on the record. Swift said, So the idea that there's some bad villain girl in any type of situation who, like, takes your man is actually a total myth because that's usually not the case at all. Like everyone has feelings and wants to be seen and loved, and just like Augustine, that's all she wanted was love. Also featured on folklore is the song Illicit Affairs, where Swift tackles an affair from the perspective of the other woman. In the song, she goes through the emotions of an affair and the way it can die out. Again, she does not villainize the other woman but instead presents her perspective. These examples of Swift taking up the role of the other woman confronts this long-held stereotype and humanizes them by portraying them as who they are and not just someone to be painted in an antagonistic light. Swift's change in mindset regarding the other woman is also reflective of the societal changes in attitudes. Modern Day Feminism and the Music Industry In more recent years, feminism has resurged, calling for intersectionality and equality. Slut-shaming has decreased in comparison to the early 2000s, however, women going after each other still remains. This was most recently seen with the Olivia Rodrigo-Joshua Bassett-Sabrina Carpenter drama of early 2021. Rodrigo released her debut single, Driver's License, which featured the lyric, And you're
2: probably with that blonde girl Who always made me doubt She's so much
0: older than me She's everything I'm insecure about Fans and Carpenter herself quickly jumped to the conclusion that Driver's License was about Bassett and Carpenter. Not long after, Bassett released a song titled Lie Lie Lie, but more attention was paid to Carpenter's song Skin, where she seemingly responded to Rodrigo. The Song included the line, maybe you didn't mean it, maybe blonde was the only rhyme, but most fans seemed to take issue with the chorus, which came across as Carpenter gloating about being with Bassett. You
2: can try to get on the-
0: reacted to the songs by Carpenter and Bassett by harassing them online. Carpenter was called a slut since people thought she was the reason Rodrigo and Bassett split. She later released Because I Liked a Boy in response to the situation where she sings. This line speaks to the fact that songs are most often released a decent time after they've been written and the parties involved have since moved on. While Carpenter's initial response may not have been the best move, she in no way deserved the hate she got. Songs are allowed to be in conversation with each other, and artists don't need or want their fans to aggressively harass anyone that may be the subject of a song. This moment highlights a step back in the modern thinking today regarding the other woman. Other women don't necessarily have to be romantic rivals. They can also be other women within the same field as them. Women within the music industry are often pitted against each other by stands on social media, as seen with the Rodrigo Carpenter debacle. Swift famously had a feud with fellow musician Katy Perry. In her 2014 interview with Rolling Stone, Swift addressed the inspiration behind the song Bad Blood, saying, quote, She did something so horrible. I was like, oh, we're just straight-up enemies. And it wasn't even about a guy. It had to do with business. She basically tried to sabotage an entire arena tour. She tried to hire a bunch of people out from under me. And I'm surprisingly non-confrontational. You would not believe how much I hate conflict. So now I have to avoid her. It's awkward and I don't like it. End quote. A year later, in an interview with GQ, Swift seemed to backtrack and attribute the song to no one in particular, remarking, quote, you're in a Rolling Stone interview and the writer says, who is that song about? That sounds like a really intense moment from your life. And you sit there and you know you're on good terms with your ex-boyfriend and you don't want him or his family to think you're firing shots at him. So you say that was about losing a friend and that's basically all you say, end quote. In May of 2017, Perry responded with her own song called Swish Swish, which featured rapper Nicki Minaj. The song was released a few months after Swift and Kanye West's feud was reignited with the release of West's music video for Famous that featured a nude wax figure of Swift in the lyric, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex, why I made that bitch famous. Perry seemingly hopped on the Taylor Swift is over party trend with her song. In it, she makes reference to a tweet she made about Swift calling her, quote, a Regina George in sheep's clothing, end quote, and on Swish Swish, she sings, don't need opinions from a shellfish or a sheep. That year, Perry hosted the MTV Video Music Awards, where Swift stole the show even though she never physically attended it. Swift premiered the music video for her much-talked-about single, Look What You Made Me Do. The move, which was a callback to her past with the VMAs over the years, also had a hint of pettiness to it given the ceremony's host. Currently, Swift and Perry are on good terms. Before the start of her Reputation Stadium tour, Swift received a literal olive branch and note from Perry. The two officially put an end to their feud with Swift's 2019 music video for You Need to Calm Down, which ended with her and Perry hugging dressed as fries and hamburger. In a 2014 interview, she said, quote, One thing that I do believe as a feminist is that in order for us to have gender equality, we have to stop making it a girl fight and we have to stop being so interested in seeing girls try to tear each other down. It has to be more about cheering each other on as women, end quote. That notion that Swift expresses in her quote and her mending her relationship with Perry reflect a more modern and inclusive mindset of feminism that sees women supporting one another rather than seeing each other as competitors. Recently, Stance played into the idea that SZA and Swift were feuding over charts. Both women dispelled those rumors and expressed their respect for one another. This summer, Stance have constantly pitted and measured up Swift's heiress tour and Beyonce's renaissance tour in an attempt to prove that one of the women holds the title for the best tour. The two tours have been massively successful and both are seeing a theatrical release. The two women are friends and have in no way tried to create a competition between their tours. This idea that multiple women can't be successful and that one must be inherently better than the other is something that is perpetuated by stands on social media and not by the artists themselves. Swift recognizes the way that women are often pitted against each other in today's society and that women are oftentimes at the front of a campaign against another woman. On Mad Woman, she sings,
2: and women like hunting
0: commenting on the way that in the months following the sale of her master recordings, Scooter Braun's then-wife, Yale, attacked her on social media. On the bridge of, you need to calm down, she sings, and we see you over there on the internet, comparing all the girls who are killing it, but we figured you out, we all know now, we all got crowns. Again, acknowledging the way that social media will often pit two women against each other for no real reason. In her acceptance speech for Billboard's Woman of the Decade Award, she spoke on the phenomenon, saying, In the last 10 years, I have
1: watched as women in this industry are criticized and measured up to each other and picked at for their bodies, their romantic lives, their fashion. Or have you ever heard someone say about a male artist, I really like his songs, but I don't know what it is. There's just something about him I don't like. No,
0: that criticism is reserved for us. These lyrics and speech demonstrate her own growth with how she perceives other women in the industry and how the world operates in general. On the Red Vault track, Nothing New, Swift recognizes the way the industry and public quickly lose interest in female musicians and the roles they play in their downfall. She opens the song with...
2: They tell you while you're young Girls go out and have your fun
0: Then they hunt and slay the ones who Actually do it. On the rest of the song, Swift contemplates when the public will inevitably tire of her. Accompanying her on the song is Phoebe Bridgers, which marks the first time Swift had a female artist duet with her on a track. In her song, The Man, Swift reflects on how she and her career would be perceived differently if she were a man by touching on the double standards held for women in the music industry. The simple statement of, if I was a man, then I'd be the man, says it all. Swift would not face nearly as much criticism about her work and her life if she was a man. Throughout her career, her successes and abilities have been doubted. After Fearless won Album of the Year at the Grammys, some believe that it was her co-writer's work that made up most of the songs, rather than her own. Her response to that was to write her next album entirely by herself. After articles were written about her being a man-eater and obsessive, Swift decided to take that character and write a song from that perspective. She discussed these criticisms head-on in her speech, accepting Billboard's Woman of the Decade Award.
1: And I saw that as a female in this industry, some people will always have slight reservations about you. Whether you deserve to be there, whether your male producer or co-writer is the reason for your success, or whether it was a savvy record label, it wasn't.
0: Throughout her career, Swift has undergone a shift in mindset when it comes to how she writes about other women and how she interacts with other female artists. Swift and Female Rage Women's anger is something that is often diminished and not taken seriously. When a woman voices her anger, she's called crazy and insane and her feelings are dismissed. In Kate Millett's Sexual Politics, she states, quote, The first item, temperament, involves the formation of human personality along stereotyped lines of sex category, masculine and feminine, based on the needs and values of the dominant group, and dictated by what its members cherish in themselves, the convenient subordinates, aggression, intelligence, force, and efficacy in the male, passivity, ignorance, docility, virtue, and ineffectuality in the female, end quote. It is not socially acceptable for women to express their anger the way men do. Women are expected to be polite, kind, and sweet in all interactions. When a woman is not and is angry, she is condemned for her actions. Swift's songs, Picture to Burn, Forever and Always, and Mean, express anger through precise lyrics. Though not fully enraged, they provide a glimpse of how anger can manifest itself. The lines, Was I out of line? Did I say something way too honest? Made you run and hide, like a scared little boy. And Forever and Always, and All you are is mean And a liar And pathetic mean are biting in their delivery and channel her anger precisely while not overwhelming the tracks. The songs Better Than Revenge and Mad Woman allow female rage to dominate unapologetically. Though her anger is misplaced due to how society would encourage women to be against each other in the early 2010s, Better Than Revenge is swift allowing her anger to exist as it is through the lyrics, delivery, and driving production. If Better Than Revenge is the messy, explosive version of rage, Folklore's Mad Woman is the sharp and simmering version of it. The song deals with Swift's anger over the sale of her back catalog. Swift is aware of how women's anger is perceived, singing,
2: time you call me crazy more crazy, what about that?
0: And when you say I angry more angry. On the pre-chorus, the production has a restless feel to it, which is representative of how Swift is constantly grappling with her emotions in the situation, while well aware of how anger from women is received by the public. The tracks I Did Something Bad and Vigilante Shit address how women's anger is at odds with societal expectations. On the course of I Did Something Bad, she states, they say I did something bad, then why does it feel so good, in reference to her unleashing her anger in response to Kanye West's actions in 2016. Prior to this point, Swift had maintained an image of being a good girl and her reaction in the situation is counter to the notion that women should not express their more negative emotions. The song Vigilante Shit is a song about seeking revenge as a result of her anger. On the bridge, she sings,
2: Ladies always rise above, ladies know what people want, Someone sweet and kind and fine, the ladies simply hide in love.
0: Stressing that there is an expectation of how women should react and respond to things in a purely positive manner. These two tracks reflect on the breaking point for Swift's anger and how she embraces that emotion. Anger and rage are acceptable emotions to have at times, and through her music, Swift demonstrates the various ways it can manifest. By writing about her anger, she gives it a space to exist unapologetically. Swift, Media, and Marriage The relationship that Swift has had with the media, and how it has influenced her music, is an interesting one. This can be seen in how Swift has discussed marriage throughout her works. Early on in her career, Swift would often make references to marriage in her works. On Love Story, Swift reworked Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet to fit her frustrations with her parents' disapproval of a boy she liked, and to give the title characters a happy ending. On the bridge of the song, she sings, Is this in my head, I don't know what to think. He knelt to the ground and pulled out a ring and said, Marry me, Juliet, you never have to be alone. I love you and that's all I really know. I talked to your dad, go pick out a white dress. It's a love story, baby, just say yes. On the Fearless Fault track, We Were Happy, on the final chorus, she switches Talking about your daddy's farm, we were gonna buy some
2: To Talking about your daddy's farm, we were gonna marry
0: me These lyrics demonstrate the idea that a perfect romantic story or relationship ends with the couple getting married, seeing as these moments occur toward the end of the songs during the bridges. In an interview with Billboard in 2010, Swift stated, quote, I'm not really that girl who dreams about her wedding day. It just seems like the idealistic, happy-ever-after moment. It's funny that my wedding references have all been like, Marry Me Juliet, and on my Speak Now album, I'm ripping one to shreds, end quote. The traditional societal expectation surrounding what marriage represents for women is reflected in Swift's quote. In her more recent works, Swift has continued to discuss marriage, but in a different manner. Between the release of Speak Now and Red, Swift started attracting media attention for her love life. Swift was quickly dubbed a serial dater, and many jokes were made about her weaponizing her art to take shots at a former flame. In response to this intense coverage, Swift stopped publicly dating for a year. Swift's most recent relationship was kept private with the exception of what she shared in her music. On Call It What You Want, she sings, You Don't Need to Save Me, But Would You Run Away With Me? Yes. A direct callback and shift in mindset to Love Story's Romeo Save Me lyric. This shift from needing a man to save her and not sacrificing her independence is reflective of more modern views on marriage. On Paper Rings, she sings on the chorus. Uh This sentiment is more indicative of how she feels about her partner and what is important to her rather than the pomp and circumstance surrounding the act of marriage today. Her most recent album, Midnight's, sees Swift exploring the idea of marriage across several songs. The opening track, Lavender Haze," takes direct aim at the media focus surrounding her and her former partner's relationship. On the chorus, she sings, no deal. They want from me. This lyric references the traditional thinking about women in marriage and how a woman's role in society was to be a wife and mother. This lifestyle led to the idea that was dubbed The Problem with No Name by Betty Friedan in her book The Feminine Mystique, which is regarded as one of the formative pieces of second-wave feminism literature. Friedan discusses the constraints that women felt when boxed into these traditional roles and advocated for them to have more opportunities outside of the home. The second verse delves deeper into these traditional values with Swift singing. Oh,
2: they keep asking me. Oh.
0: her last relationship, there would be frequent articles speculating whether or not she was married or engaged. Society is more comfortable and adjusted to the idea of marriage as opposed to people being long-term partners, but not wanting to get married. Society only sees two options for women, as Swift mentions, and if a woman does not fit neatly into one of those two categories, it is unacceptable. By limiting women to their status in relation to a romantic partner, it takes away from a woman's worth and autonomy. On Midnight Rain, Swift finds herself reflecting on a relationship she had in high school, just as her career was starting to take off. She sings on the chorus,
2: the
0: The idea that women must sacrifice their careers for the sake of marriage is still one that is around, sadly. She sings on the second verse, So I peered through a window, a deep portal, time travel, all the love we unravel, and the life I gave away. This notion lines up with an interview she did in 2010 with the Wall Street Journal, where she said, quote, I'm very aware and very conscious of the path I chose in life, and very aware of the path I didn't choose, end quote. The fact that so early on in her career, Swift was thinking about what was expected from her in a traditional sense and her own wishes and had to make a choice reflects the long-standing societal attitudes regarding women and their careers and how they, in some people's eyes, interfere with their relationships. Swift, at this point in time, viewed marriage as something that would have held her back and marked an end to her career, just as it was getting started. On the 3am track High Infidelity, she once again brings up motifs of marriage. On the chorus, she sings, Your picket fence is sharp as knives, a reference to the imagery often used to represent what a traditional family should look like. On the second verse, she sings,
2: Storm coming, good husband, bad omen,
0: dragged my feet right down the aisle. This lyric suggests her reluctance to engage with some of the societal pressures she felt while in this particular relationship, with the idea that her partner would have made a good husband, as seen by outsiders, but she herself did not feel the same. Overall, the song paints marriage as something she dreads and within this relationship something oppressive. In May, Swift released the Midnight's Fault track, You're Losing Me, exclusively on a CD version of the album sold at her Eras tour. The song details the breakdown of her most recent relationship. On the bridge, she sings, And I wouldn't marry me either, a pathological people-pleaser, who only wanted you to see her. On this track, the idea of marriage is something she wants, but on her own terms, not stemming from societal expectations, and appeared to be an area where she and her former partner disagreed on. Throughout her career, Swift has mostly bucked the societal attitudes held toward women regarding marriage. She describes marriage as something that is expected for her, rather than something that she actually desires. Swift and Fairy Tales Another interesting theme Swift plays around with is fairy tales. Generally, fairy tales tend to be geared more toward girls and present an image for them to model themselves after. Swift tends to utilize fairy tale imagery when writing about love. On her album Fearless, fairy tale imagery frequently appears. On Love Story, she sings, You'll be the prince and I'll be the princess. The video was filmed at Castle Gwyn in Tennessee and featured Swift in a ball gown. Clearly Swift was leaning into the idea of fairy tales when presenting her retelling of Romeo and Juliet. On the album's fifth track White Horse, she shatters this idea of love being like a fairy tale, singing, am
2: not a princess, this ain't a fairy tale. I'm
0: not the one you off her feet, Lead her up the stairwell." On the song's chorus, this attitude is one she adopts in the rest of her discography for the most part. The White Horse makes a return in the music video for Ready For It, where a version of Swift appears riding on it after freeing herself from another version of herself, once again reinforcing the idea that she doesn't need a man to rescue her. On Today Was A Fairy Tale, which was featured in the film Valentine's Day, which she and her then-boyfriend Taylor Lautner starred in together, Swift compares a date with her beau to a fairy tale. She opens the song with... Today was a fairy tale, you were the prince. I used to be a damsel in distress. You took me by the hand and you picked me up at six. Reflecting the typical archetypes of the prince saving a damsel in a fairy tale, but putting a modern twist on it. The final track on Speak Now utilizes iconography from fairy tales as a metaphor for her and her band's success. On the course, she sings, Long live the walls we crash through, How the kingdom lights shine just for me and you. And I was screaming long live all the magic we made, and long live all the mountains we moved, I had the time of my life fighting dragons with you. On the second verse, she declares, We are the kings and the queens, you traded your baseball cap for a crown. These comparisons serve to demonstrate the odds that she felt were stacked against her and her band and how they managed to overcome the impossible. Since she is not using the comparison to discuss a romantic love, she is upholding some of the basic images of fairy tales instead of countering them. One of the most iconic images present in most fairy tales is the castle. Swift often uses the idea of a castle to represent her career and legacy. On the Speak Now Vault track Castles Crumbling, featuring Haley Williams, Swift sings about the tide of public opinion turning against her. The 1989 deluxe track New Romantic sees Swift bouncing back from public opinion, singing on the chorus. The opening line of Call It What You Want is in response to the fallout of 2016, where she states, my castle crumbled overnight. At the end of the Bejeweled music video, Swift keeps the castle a reference to her re-recording efforts. On Midnight's, she reflects on and in some instances changes fairy tale ideas. On the fifth track, You're On Your Own, Kid, she sings, I hosted- a clear reference to the fairy tales of Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, which see the women being saved by a kiss from a man. She previously dispelled this notion of being saved on Reputation's Call It What You Want, singing You Don't Need to Save Me. The music video for Bejeweled plays directly into one of the most famous fairy tales, Cinderella. In her Instagram post announcing the video, Swift described it as, quote, my twist on a fairy tale we all know, the one about the girl and her stepsisters in the clock striking twelve, end quote. The video features Laura Dern as her stepmother and the Heim sisters playing the stepsisters. The video opens with the three sisters debating over the prince choosing them and the lengths they have gone to ensure it. Following the typical story of Cinderella, the sisters discuss the upcoming ball in which the winner of the talent competition will receive the keys to their own castle and a marriage proposal from the prince. Dern gushes about the proposal she has received. I simply adore a proposal. The single most defining thing a lady could hope to achieve in her lifetime, the prize of all prizes. At the end of the video, Swift is selected by the queen as the winner of the competition after doing a burlesque number and ghosts the prince. She does, however, keep the castle. This retelling where Cinderella does not need a prince for her happiness and is able to make a decision for herself is a spin on the titular character's usual fate in the stories. The line about proposals emphasizes the way that society believes that it is the crowning moment for a woman's lifetime and bases her life's worth around a man. Within her discography, Swift has manipulated fairy tales and their tropes to give herself agency and twist the tales on their heads. By doing this, she points out the sexist undertones present in most fairy tales that children, particularly young women, grow up with. In conclusion, Swift's growth as both a human and an artist reflects the change in ideas within the feminist movement during the 2000s and present day. In her song, Swift currently challenges the myth of the other woman and the standards that modern women are held to regarding marriage and relationships. Thank you for listening to this episode of Swiftlet. This episode was written and edited by me, Peyton Edwards. I hope you enjoyed listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.